1: My name is Beth Givens, and I'm the pastor at Wellborn United Methodist Church in Richmond, Virginia. In the wake of George Floyd's death and the rising conversations about race and policing in the United States, we at Wellborn, a predominantly white congregation, were looking for ways to have conversation about these issues because understanding is the starting point for transformation. We decided that creating this podcast might be a good first step especially after one of our small groups liked Emmanuel Acho's series, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man, which I encourage you to also check out. So thanks for joining us for this episode of Uncomfortable Conversations with Each Other about race. Lynn, it is good to have you um, with me today for this episode uh, of our podcast at Wellborn. Wellborn. Let's start by just, just share with me a little bit about yourself, you know, what decade of life are you in, where'd you grow up, um, kind what's of your, what's your context for this conversation about race?
0: Well, I have been in the South my whole life. Fredericksburg is where I currently live, and that's the furthest North I've been i grew up in north carolina i'm 74 so seven decades here (laughs) and i've been uh at wellborn for 50 plus years yeah um and i'm caucasian Mm -hmm. um when you think
1: about um your experiences you know growing up in uh, north carolina and then making your way a little bit further north to Richmond for, for a good good part of time. Are there stories that, that you think of? What's your earliest memory of race? What, just tell me about how that's been a part of your life.
0: There are so many stories, but the one that I think is my earliest memory about race is likely from my grandmother who lived in Wilmington, North Carolina and I used to go visit with her in the summer for about a week and I remember on one of those visits we spent a day with a black family who and they had uh, children and I thought it was really cool I was playing with black kids and we were having so much fun I'm not sure what the connection was my grandfather may have worked with him on the dairy or they could have been good fishing buddies um Don't know what that connection was, but I had um, warm memories from that experience. But it was also confusing because the same grandmother took me on a bus trip to Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, We went in the Roses Five and Dime store, and I remember drinking out of a water fountain. And back in that day, um, those my age will remember that there were signs over the water fountain, white or colored. And I drank out of the colored water fountain. But she let me know in no uncertain terms that my water fountain was the white one. And I remember being confused about that. I was confused and probably asked her a few questions about what the word colored meant. that seems to be my first association with uh, the division of terminology to describe who I was and who these other people were. Um, But so I had warm memories that were racial memories that socially, but um, there were also some fearful ones. I remember being told when we were driving through town roll up your windows, lock your doors, Lynn. We're going through Town, And it was not said in jest. It was um, an announcement of precaution. Mm-hmm. And later in life, I learned that my mother had been assaulted as a um, a young teen by a black man on her way home from school. Mm-hmm. And so I learned that there color association with fear was perhaps real and for her and for my, my grandmother Mm and in in that respect. And that, that, that shaped my mom in so many ways that I would learn more about as an adult. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think this went over, um, some into my dad, because I remember having disturbing debates with my dad as I watched the news. Um, covering racial events of the time. I always identified with the injustice of segregation. I don't know why. I just always did. I don't remember feeling a different way. And to argue white privilege points seemed contrary to what I was taught in church. My grandmother's dad was a preacher. My dad was involved in church. We always a yeah. church family. So my racial memories are confusing. I felt like what I was taught by God did not always connect in the same way that I was taught by life growing up white.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, remind me, what was your church background as a child? Still United Methodist or Methodist it would have been back then? My
0: dad was primitive Baptist. My grandmother's um, dad was a Methodist. So we we attended the Baptist church as a as a child, but I went to Methodist services with my grandmother. So okay. we were in the Baptist Methodist. Yeah, the uh, blend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I changed, um, actually, when I was in high school. I wanted to get out of the Baptist church and go mm-hmm. into the Methodist church, uh, just from some studies that I'd been a part of. Mm-hmm. And then the family followed me into the Methodist church after that, and there are have been. There you go. You led the way. <laughs> yeah. So um, there was another experience that's, um, that really, really affected me in my life. That is, uh, I think, a, po- a very positive one by a fourth grade teacher. Uh, her name was Ms. Wells, and she confirmed my personal feelings about racial equality. Um, And at that time, the news was filled with segregation and integration skirmishes. This was about 1956, I guess, 57. Um, And my teacher brought in two flower arrangements. I will never forget it. Um, it, It's still emotional for me when I talk about it. She brought in one that was red tulips, beautiful. And the other was a multicolored arrangement And she had us choose as a class, which one we would keep in our classroom and which one we would deliver for the office to use on the counter. And I guess she knew that kids would choose the multicolored one or her experiment would not have worked (laughs) because we did. And she explained um, just beautifully how one day we may walk into our classroom and see children of different skin colors. And just like these different colors of flowers make our room more interesting and beautiful, um, these different colors of children would do the same. And and it just really stuck. I've shared that probably every Black History Month I've ever taught. Um, So um, that really stuck in my mind. And I think, wells was the reason i chose teaching as a career so Mm -hmm. she must have been a pretty special Mm -hmm. personality Mm
1: -hmm.
0: she confirmed my conscience and my sense of of justice but i didn't have any black people in my class until college that's how long that was fourth grade wow Wow. My first teaching job was my first minority experience. Ooh, tell me about that. I was one of three white staff members in a state school for delinquent girls. Mm. And at the first faculty meeting, I remember the principal warning us that um, some kids would not like us no matter what we did, um, mm. but not to take it personally. That we may just remind them of someone who treated them badly in their past. And at the time I didn't take that as a racial statement, Mm -hmm. Um, but on reflection it may have been. Mm -hmm. Um, Another minority experience is um, as a volunteer mission to Kenya on two occasions. And um, as we were coming into the village, Uh, The children were hiding behind trees and giggling and pointing to us, and um, we were coming in on, like, we probably looked pretty silly anyway, because we're all in the back of a pickup truck. But um, I remember their natural curiosity about how they wanted to touch my hair and my skin and Mm -hmm. just kind of examine me like a freak of nature, I guess, Mm -hmm. since they've not seen me before. And I I thought that natural curiosity was really beautiful. Mm -hmm. I fell in love with the culture. Um, For whatever reasons, I've always felt black is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And um, I felt comfortable with the cultural differences. My favorite music has always been soulful and funky and gospel. Mm -hmm. I've been less of a Jimmy Buffett kind of girl than a Marvin Gaye Mm -hmm. person. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and some of that light for music connected me in a dating scene after my divorce, and I uh, dated interracially, um, and I remember one um, relationship w- with a Nigeria man was enlightening because his experience was so different as a black person compared to those of an African American in his opinions. Mm-hmm. So we don't all feel like even though we may be in same color. Right. Right. Uh, so I'm, a, I'm comfortable talking about race. Um, yeah. I've done it for a long time. Yeah. I feel like my most uncomfortable conversations about race have been with white friends, really. Uh, ones who have had fewer black experiences. mm mm-hmm. I was going to say, you've got a, you've got a breadth and a depth of
1: experience, not only in America, but in another culture that, um, that not everyone is fortunate enough to have or, or chooses to have. Um, and it has made you
0: richer. um, It definitely has. Yeah. I'm grateful for that. Well, I think we have to talk about the race together. Yeah. And
1: and that's I mean that brings me to a question. Um, you've been around Wellborn about as long as anybody, um, your whole adult life, um, essentially. Um, what do you think our role in that conversation is, and and what has it been? You know, I mean, you've seen you've seen a lot more of Wellborn than I have. What
0: at times has been comfortable, um, and at other times extremely uncomfortable. Um, I remember, um, it's just popped up in my mind, the leader of the youth group years ago when I was a youth director on a retreat at Blackstone stood up in the Blackstone congregational meeting and talked about how his church was prejudiced and told a story about someone in our church and something that had happened. And I didn't know about it at all. Mm. So sometimes youth can see those things that we don't see. Yeah. So I uh, think the conversations with young people are very mm-hmm. enlightening and important that we as a congregation need to engage ourselves more with people with fresh looks on on things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we need to have these conversations, not just to heal the racial divide, but to heal the divide between um, each other because particularly now the political um points of view have divided us in so many ways mm-hmm. and um we have to do a lot of listening being yeah. willing to hear is the key factor toward feeling yeah. and know uh, that that's hard that but i i feel like that we at welburn can do things um Years ago, we had a an arts program that um, was called Exalta, and some children from other churches, black churches, came. Mm-hmm. And um, and it, it was so easy for the kids. It's not as easy for us after we've get, got different programs going on with our years. And um, I think maybe our youth group could form a coalition with um, a predominantly black congregation mm-hmm. and um, work toward... Justice issues. Mm-hmm. There, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, listen to different points of of view. Yeah. Um, we all come with those rich, different experiences, like you mentioned. Yeah. I felt um, moved at at some points in my Wellborn life. You were out of town, and Emerson Shelton had a sermon preached for me yeah and a That's lot of people happened. after the yeah. shooting and changed the sermon and I remember being in that service that day and I could not sit down I got up and hugged him at the next opportunity and then went and hugged any other black person that was in the congregation that day which might have been really uncomfortable for them but I, I just felt I had to do something. I had to respond in some some way.
1: And that's part of how we can continue to address that that adage that, um, you know, 12 o'clock Sunday is still the most segregated hour in America or 11 o'clock Sunday, whenever, not that we have a set time for worship anymore, but that Sunday mornings are what's still one of the most segregated times in America. And, and I hear you suggesting that we deal with that by, by listening and inviting and um, just being present.
0: I, You know, I've even thought about it as I've been here at Wellborn about how to work toward that. Yeah. And I thought about, because I am culturally comfortable in the churches, I enjoy the music and so on, about attending a church that's predominantly Black. But I admit I've had a tucking inside of me that goes, will I be invading that church because... I understand why it's been segregated. Um, we did not make our churches as wake folk available mm-hmm. initially, and the other part is this is a safe place uh, where many movements uh, have been fostered and uh, and and so I think some of that is still pretty tricky. Yeah. I. Yeah. I um, but I strongly encourage it. Um, yeah. yeah. Anything else you think of that you'd like
1: to share? Either from your own experience or, or for your own, um, you know, just hopes and dreams.
0: Um, I had an experience in my neighborhood once that made me uncomfortable and I... It was not blatant, it was subtle. A couple of um um black people who were walking through the neighborhood, I found out later they were a part of some program, but uh and they stopped and talked to me at the car and then this other um this white neighbor came up to me afterwards, pulled up to the car and said, What are they doing here? What you know, what what's that all about? And I just felt so yucky being a part of that. I didn't know what to say to him because he didn't say out loud, I am racist and they're in, they scare me or, but Mm -hmm. all those undertones were there. Mm -hmm. And um, I just tried to explain to him what in actuality they were doing. And Mm -hmm. and rode on to the gas station, but all the way there, I felt this thing inside of me that I just, felt dirty just being kind of a a part of that being included in in his racism just by being the same color yeah. when it wasn't yeah. how I felt at all so when I got to the gas station there was a a black man pumping gas at the next tank and I um answered what I felt like was a god call mm-hmm. I, I went over to him and said excuse me but I think God has put something on my heart that he wants. Um, It's still personal for me. You can hear it. You can share with me. Um, I said, I don't know what else to do except to tell you I'm sorry. I'm so very sorry about what my race has done um, to yours, the injustices that are there. Mm. And I do Feel that way and um, don't know what else to do. But I said that to him, and um, he was so gracious uh, in um, accepting my apology and um, trying to console me um, Mm -hmm. because he knew it was heart heartfelt. And since that time, on many occasions, really, probably twenty plus when I have felt led uh, in a circumstance to say that, to make that apology, um, it has always been um, healing. Mm -hmm. And and again, not just for me, but for um, them as well. I remember driving off and hearing somebody who wasn't in the car get back in the car and then retell what just happened. And so I guess the thing that I'd like to leave with today is to say, I think everybody just like Miss Wells and those flower arrangements she brought Mm -hmm. in has a part to play that feels small maybe, but it's really huge in healing that if we can just listen to what God has put on our heart and, um, and feel safe enough in his love and guidance to uh, accept that challenge and um, do whatever God has moved us to do. Um, We can heal and Mm -hmm. we can help heal others and then heal our our world. Amen.
1: It is those small acts of um, individual people that weave together into a tapestry of healing and mercy yeah amen thank you for being with me today lynn and and for being vulnerable um, and sharing some really incredible stuff i'm um, i'm grateful
0: thank you beth i'm grateful for the opportunity
1: we're so glad you've joined us for this episode of uncomfortable conversations with each other about race We hope this conversation has made you think, and we invite you to pray about the questions it raises for you. We hope you'll join us next week for another episode. If you would like to participate in a future episode, please contact us at Wellborn. I leave you with this Franciscan benediction. May God bless you with discomfort at easy answers, half-truths, and superficial relationships so that you may live deep within your heart May God bless you with anger and injustice, oppression, and exploitation of people so that you may work for justice, freedom, and peace. May God bless you with tears to shed for those who suffer pain, rejection, hunger, and war so that you may reach out your hand to comfort them and to turn their pain to joy. And may God bless you with enough foolishness to believe that you can make a difference in this world so that you can do what others claim cannot be done, to bring justice and kindness to all our children and the poor. Amen.